Welcome to the Prison Steve Podcast. Though I didn't do 20 or 30 years locked up, and I never spent time in the hole or had to make a shiv, after six years in the Texas penal system, I can tell you, I've still seen some stuff. I lived through many lockdowns, endured authoritarian regimes, seen riots, and learned how to navigate deeply entrenched racial issues. And as the world around us snowballs further into insanity, I can't help but think how like prison this all is. Yet it wasn't all doom and gloom. I made some incredible friendships along the way, learned things about myself I don't know if I ever would have uncovered. And I learned that Prison Mike was right. They do serve gruel, and there are Dementors in prison, though they aren't the worst part of it. Join me as I share stories from the inside and dive into how my time locked up has changed, altered, and shaped my views now that I'm on the outside. What is up, my friends? You are listening to the Prison Steve Podcast. I am your host, Steve Mathis, otherwise known in the free world as Prison Steve. I want to thank you for joining me, especially today. This is my first episode for this podcast. Very excited about it. Not exactly sure how it's going to go, but it's definitely going to go better than the other three that I screwed up trying to record this one. So it's all good. Well, let's jump into it. What is the Prison Steve Podcast about? In a nutshell, it's simply about the reflections on life today from an ex-felon's point of view. Uh, the ex-felon would be me, hence the name Prison Steve. And just wanted to do some philosophizing, give a take here and there uh, on current events and what's going on in the world today. And hopefully do it in a positive, healthy uplifting and balanced way with with that type of tone to it and that well that's how I look at life and that's how I came out of prison I didn't come out bitter and angry and like I'll show you and I'll prove no actually I learned to be very zen when I was in prison um, because I found out that being angry and bring being bitter doesn't change anything it just makes you miserable during the process so being able to take control of my emotions and even though the when I felt the situations were spiraling out of control, having control of my emotions gave me some control over the situation. And I've reincorporated the, that now that I'm out here in, in uh, we call it the free world, which is any type of life outside of prison was called the free world. So I don't know how to refer to normal life, but we'll just stay on the outside, I guess. But once I got on the outside, there were things that especially with parole that were very frustrating that I had to deal with and I needed to reincorporate and thank God I had the ability to learn how to find that Zen, find that peaceful place, that balanced approach to where I acknowledge the negative, but I don't let it control or define me. I just, I acknowledge it enough so I can know what I need to do to deal with it. So that's part of what this podcast is about is just approaching uh, just being able to get my take on life and how my incarceration uh has affected the views that I'm seeing um how my experiences while I was inside is uh, impacting the way that I am seeing things today and also what life is like for an ex-felon in today's world. Now all that being said this is not meant to be a podcast that is 
an obsessive deep dive into prison life. I know there's tons of other podcasts and shows and, and YouTube channels that can go there with you. There's a lot of guys that are hardened criminals with a lot harder reps than mine um, that have done way, way more as far as hard time goes than me. I'm not in any way claiming that. I'm just a guy that did some time and some time was six years. You know, I'm just a guy that did some time, I, but I wasn't doing 20 or 30 years. I wasn't doing time in the hole. Like I said in the intro, I wasn't making a shiv and getting crazy prison tats and all that type of stuff. So if you're expecting that type of podcast, this will probably be kind of disappointing because that's not what I'm going to do. Now, that's not to say that I won't be sharing some of my own stories, my own personal experiences from my time. I will be doing that. I'm also going to be doing my best to dispel some myths that are out there about being a felon and prison life and all that type of stuff. Also confirm some facts that people have about incarceration. But like I said, no wish to make this all about prison life and obsession with prison life because really at the end of the day, prison life is really just not that interesting. 90 to 95% of your time as an inmate is really just spent developing a schedule or rhythm to your day that you do your best to stick to. The the closer you can to sticking to your routine every day, really the happier you are. There's just a, a joy that comes into that where you're just kind of like, oh man, it was, what a great day. I was, you know, I didn't have anything really coming across interrupted. Drama is not good. Drama is not a good day in prison. It's a daily goal and a hope that you can avoid it when you're locked up. So what we considered a good day was when we didn't have anything really to talk about, except maybe a game or a movie we watched or a book we're reading or a new workout schedule we were trying or something like that. But hopefully it never went beyond that. So like I said, 90, 95% of it was not interesting. And I can give you that in a little bit of a rundown, but it's hard to make an entire podcast off just prison life. It's really not. Now, I will give you that the 5 to 10% when things were not normal did get interesting. And yes, I got stories about that. I can share about that. But really, also, I could say the same thing about everyday life. Most of everyday life is just hopefully just good routine. And that's a good day. And then every now and then you have something come across that shakes things up and Sometimes it's good and also a lot of times it's bad. So being able to stick to a routine and schedule, even out here, is uh, a blessing. (laughs) So also, let's go ahead and lock into why anybody would be interested on a ex-con's take on the world today. Current events, like why would I care what an ex-con has to say about that? Now, it's a great question. Appreciate it. You guys are white hot. You're on fire. Thank you. So 2020, we're dealing with some pretty major issues right now. This is definitely shaping up to be probably the most tumultuous year we have seen since, I don't know, you pick it, 2008 when the uh, economy crashed, you know, that that time that went went down there. And then you had the the elections that were going on at that time with Obama or 2001 with 9-11, I mean, there's not a whole lot that compete with 2020 and everything that we're dealing with. So one of the things that I'm noticing is that 
the similarities between what we've been dealing with and what I saw and dealt with in prison, it's kind of eerie. Like, let me list some of them. Lockdowns. Obviously, we dealt with lockdowns. Race. We obviously dealt with race in prison. Believe me, we dealt with it way more than you guys are dealing with it right now. Um, An obsession with cleanliness and sanitation. That might surprise you because a lot of people don't know this and they don't really show this in the shows because, again, they don't like to show the mundane stuff. But inmates, prisoners are obsessed with cleanliness. This was a hard thing for me because I'd spent a lot of time doing world travel and I'd been in third world countries. So I did not see things in the same way that they did. But to acclimate and survive into that culture, you have to take that mindset on. They're constantly obsessed with cleanliness because things like staph, hepatitis, um, uh, what is it, hep B and hep C are a very big reality there, especially something with like spiders, scorpions. They love dark, uncleanly places. So I can't tell you how many times I saw conflict, fights, disagreements over cleanliness and sanitation issues. What it's like right now with COVID and the breeding ground that prison is right now for it, I can't even imagine. Honestly, like I cannot even imagine because we in prison, especially the guys that have been there the longest, we're going just crazy over this obsession with cleanliness and sanitation. This on top of that, oh man. But it definitely taught me some things and how to deal with that. And we're obviously having to deal with that now. Riots. Riots are not super common in prison, but I did see a few. It's something I have a take on and and I've spent time thinking about both when I was in prison and also since I've been out and the riots have been happening. And the main question is why? What's the real motivating reason behind it? Because the riot is a result of something. It's not the something. It's a result of something. A lot of times we get caught up in the big glitz and glamour of things, thinking that's the issue when it's like you're like looking at the riots and being like, we need to stop the riots. I'm like, you guys need to deal with the fact of what the riots are stemming from, like what is leading up to that, because that just doesn't go away. It just manifests itself somewhere else in a different way. So that's another example. PC culture. Again, you'd be surprised about what PC culture is like in prison, how it's viewed, and it's probably not the way that you're thinking. So those are some of the major issues that we're dealing with today here in our nation as a society that I can list off the top of my head. Almost all those I've had an experience with in a unique way and in a very dark, oppressive, and negative system that is the Texas penal system. Yes, it said penal, P-E-N-A-L. Please, guys, come on. Better than that. So like I said before, we can extract something good, positive, life-changing, hopeful. If I can do that from the middle of of, of prison and, and the lose-lose situation that you're set up in there, I know we can do it out here. We can talk and dive into all that. Some of the also the things that I just want to do and want to cover with this time that we have, uh, different things that we can dive into will be just different things that are going on that are current, whatever's trending. I love talking about just a random slew of different things. And that's because when you're in prison, you are constantly taking in information. Like you're just a sponge. You're always absorbing it. So 
we don't have internet access in Texas prison systems. It might have changed a little bit, but I don't remember reading or saying anything that others other prison systems and federal they do have access to like internet and email and stuff like that. We didn't have anything like that. So what we were taking in, we were taking it in through it was almost like it was nineteen eighty again. We were taking it through T V, through radio, magazines, books, books and more books. Um and then the daily gossip was a constant source of information where people were just passing around information left and right out there in the rec yard. It was just something we constantly were chewing. So at times I'll definitely want to deviate into different shows I'm seeing or things that are we're talking about and what's going on. Which, like one of the latest ones, have you guys seen the uh, latest Netflix show, The Old Guard? That was awesome. Definitely would love to talk about that. And just, you know, different shows that people are t- watching. Maybe I don't get it. I've got questions or something I've been watching. I'm like, God, you guys got to check this out. Now, one of the inter- interesting things is since I spent so much time reading when I was in prison, once I've gotten out, I have not read one single book since I've gotten out. It's almost like a, it's kind of it like I burned myself out, but also I am the way that I'm taking in information is now through news feeds, uh, Google, YouTube, and I'm constantly taking in information that way through those segments that when I sit down and read a book, it's almost like I don't have the attention span for it right now. Now, I love reading. I've always loved reading. So eventually I'm going to get back into it. But still to this day, since I got out, I have not read a book all the way through. I've tried it. I've tried it, but I just haven't been able to do it. But I am taking information constantly and I am a self-outed nerd, a wannabe geek. Unfortunately, I'm just not smart enough to be the geek, but I am dorky enough to be the nerd. So I don't mind doing that and being that. I would love to be a hipster. I'm just not skinny enough and I'm not trendy enough to be able to pull that off. So I'm just kind of stuck in this in-between of I still enjoy a good latte, but I'm just not really cool when I'm doing it. Say la vie. All right. So as for who it is that is talking to you right now, if you don't know who I am, because I'm sending this out to a lot of friends and family right now, but this also might get out to strangers. So need a little bit of introduction here. You guys already know I'm an ex-felon. A little bit about that. I committed robbery in 2009. It was uh, aggravated robbery, robbery of a movie theater. I wore the Dwayne the Johnson rock mask like a complete idiot and made an absolute debacle of it. So don't think in any way that it was some hardened act and some tough thing. It was the total and complete opposite. And whenever anybody in prison heard the story, they definitely reminded me because they love getting a laugh uh, out of it. From that robbery in 2009 and 2011, I was sentenced. I was sentenced to 10 years in Texas Department of Criminal Justice. That is uh, TDCJ to those that know. That's our prison system. So I was sentenced to 10 years. I ended up doing six years. Uh, got out at the end of 2017. I've been on parole for two and a half years. I come off parole December of 2021. So golf clap. Looking forward to that. Obviously. Um, got Just got to keep grinding until that time. As for the name Prison Steve, where does it come from? Well, let's, outside the obvious, right? Prison Steve. Among some of my friends, let's just say this. Among the friends that we have... I'm the only one that's been to prison. So when they're 
giving nicknames or identifying like who this person is and that person is. That's the little name that I was given. Part of that also comes from The Office though. So if you haven't seen The Office, I'm gonna put a link in the description and it's uh, the skit for where Prison Mike comes from. Prison Mike is a character played by Michael Scott who's played by Steve Carell. Michael Scott is the boss of The Office and he's trying to portray what a hardened criminal and ex-con is like. And uh, so he puts on a purple bandana, which automatically, what do you call it, transforms him into a hardened ex-criminal. And he's able to tell them what prison was like, dementors and gruel and all. So a little bit of homage to Prison Mike and also just to my friends. That's where the name Prison Steve comes from. Plus, it just kind of gets it out of the way that you're listening to the thoughts and raving ideas of a ex-felon. On top of that, I am a Texan. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I am a f former traveler, I guess you could say. When I had to hand in my passport, which is just something that I had to do because of the nature of my crime and whatnot, uh, I had been to 39 countries. I'd lived to, in three of them for an extended amount of time. Some of that was done as a missionary, which kind of complicates things because to go from missionary to robber to prisoner, uh, it's a pretty big jump. It's a pretty big leap. It doesn't really happen that often. Maybe a pastor to that, but I wasn't really that great at being a missionary. You're like, well, duh, you're a felon. So of course you weren't that great at being a missionary, but it was it was more so that I it it just didn't come it wasn't very natural for me the uh, evangelical side of it I was more interested in people's lives and I was more interested in wanting to do something to enrich their day to day life not just their spiritual life now I am a especially from my time incarcerated. I am a big believer in Jesus Christ. Spirituality is a massive part of my identity and who I am. I know that doesn't vibe with some people out there, and I understand that. But it is part of my journey. And from what I saw that nobody was ever able to really make a big jump in their personal development without dealing with their non-physical self in some form in some way. So at some point, all that is going to come into this podcast and we're going to talk about that and, and, and we'll dive into that. But when I was out there, it just, as a missionary, it just wasn't my forte. But what I did love was I love the traveling. I love the community. I love the community aspect of it. That has really stuck with me and it's still stuck with me and it's still a part of who I am today. So just a little bit more about who it is that you're talking to, some of the things that kind of complicate who I am and my story and how that will play into some of the things that we'll talk about. Now, one of the things that I want to dive into is segments. The reason I want to dive into segments is because whenever I'm doing solo casting, which is what I'm doing right now, it's not my natural environment. I don't like doing monologues. I, I like being able to interact and banter with people back and forth. That's where I'm in my most natural habitat and setting, and I kind of get the most out of my personality. So my idea of kind of breaking things up is to have segments. And I'm not really 100% what those segments will be, but one of those segments that I have been working on is going to be called Check Yourself. 
check yourself that's the one that's just about to come up here in a second on top of all that i'll be doing uh what do you call it interviews once i get that set up and i get the equipment ready for it i'm gonna get better with the equipment i promise you sound will get better more polished my delivery will never get better you have to accept it and I'm probably not going to have that great of takes because I'm just going to be a little controversial on things that I kind of see and view. And I am okay with that because I'm not trying to get on here to make friends. I'm doing this because I'm bored. I'm joking about being bored. So yeah, want to do some interviews, definitely have some ideas for some co-hosts, bring some people in and we can cover some different topics and hopefully in an engaging way. So as for that segment, check yourself. Let's go ahead and dive into that right now. So the purpose of Check Yourself is for me to make some corrections and clear some stuff up when maybe I go a little bit off the rails or uh, need to correct what I've said. Um, since I will kind of be getting out there a little bit, I've got to give myself some type of leeway to make some adjustments. And that's the whole point is that I think so much of what I'm seeing is that because of PC culture, everybody is so afraid to step out and and have an opinion, or they're so afraid to break from party lines that even if they're presented information that's ca- that, that proves what they're saying is not right or needs to be corrected, if you have a political line that you're, you're, you're holding to or you have something that you're just so stuck on that you can't let go of in ideology, then what happens is it just makes you more entrenched and more stubborn in something that you're wrong in. And so uh, I was actually reading about they were it was a leftist column, but they were talking about Republicans, and even when Republicans, especially the senators, were given a certain information that countered specifically the information, the it was facts that countered what they were saying. It actually didn't make them repentant or change or say, "Hey, you know what? I need to learn from that, or I could change." It actually made them just dig their heels even more and say, "That just goes to prove what I'm saying," which makes no sense. So you got to be able to give yourself some leeway for that. So that's what this segment is about. Now, I know I'm just starting off, so it's like, how are you going to be able to correct if you just started? Well, one of those things was a correction that happened personally, and it came from an article I read. Now, that article, I'm pulling it up right now, is about a guy named, his name is Richard Midkiff. He did 23 years behind bars. He got locked up when he was 18. Uh, He's 42 right now. He was a model inmate. He did absolutely everything you possibly could do with your time. Uh, Developed programs that impacted numerous inmates all over. Actually became close to the warden. I was, that's kind of not heard of. I mean, he did everything right. I'm not sure if I can put a link to this in the description, but his story is part of the Marshall Project marshallproject.org. You can just look him up on Google. Uh, Richard Midkiff, M-I-D-K-I-F-F, if you're interested in the story. So anyway, the the thing was, I was I was reading it because what caught my eye is it says that he has a job, he has a fiance, and, and in a week he may have to go back to prison. So it caught my attention. I was reading through it and he got out on a technicality 15 years early. Well, that he got a job, he was a certified law clerk, and he did a bunch of that work while he was inside. So when he got out, he went into that profession, 
uh, was brought in by NYU to speak to their law students about work he had done when he was inside. And then he became a key member on the board or president of the board, specifically for inmates that can utilize the system better to help themselves legally. So, I mean, he was doing some amazing things with his life, but he did just everything he possibly could do that was good while he was in prison. The fact that he has to possibly go back and do 15 more years. The reason I'm bringing it up is because, and I'm telling you all that, when I talk about prison, I talk about it being a good, positive experience, something that I got a lot out of that. I don't want to be super dramatic and say, oh, it changed my, like it saved my life. It possibly did. But I know this, it gave me an opportunity to change my life for the better. Prison didn't change me for the better. It gave me an opportunity to challenge myself to use that to make myself better. And there was a big difference between that. Prison is by and of itself a super negative, super dark system that is meant to crush your spirit and crush your humanity. It dehumanizes you. Purpose of that, I guess, is like the military, they want to rebuild you back up into some model person. The problem is that the way that they're going about doing that, it's it's not getting the results that they want. What you have to do, though, if you want that for yourself, is you got to go for it. You got to go fight for it. And you got to grind for it. And you got to be self-taught. And you got to humble yourself. And you got to learn from multiple different sources of information. But you have to go for it. You can utilize the programs that are there. But you have got to extract the good out of it because so much of it is cliche and so much of it is just there for show. So, but you can extract good from it. And so when I think about prison, I look at it in a positive way because of what I got out of it. Now, the healing, the learning, all that type of stuff, for me, all that took place within the first three and a half years. I spent a lot of time thinking about this. The first... All that that I could possibly, you know, really extract and learn and and develop happened in that first three and a half years. By the fourth year, it was more a matter of just redundant routine and practice, routine and practice. Because what you're really doing is you're getting ready for the real world. You're getting ready for being on the outside, the free world, what we're living in right now. That's the whole reason why you're doing what you're doing. You're doing it for self-betterment, but you're doing it so that you can be a healthy participant in society when you get out. It's not so that you can have, it's not so that prison can become your new reality. Now, maybe you have a long sentence and that's just going to have to be what it is, but that's not what you're hoping for. That's not what you're shooting for. That's not a healthy mindset. So... When I heard this guy's story, I got physically ill because I was thinking, what would it be like for me if I had to go back and do another five years, another 10 years, 15 years? And I was just like, I was sick to my stomach because I was like, what could I do with my time outside of just entertain myself and work on bettering myself? But what more could I do with myself than I can, that I'm already doing right now or that I can do right now or that I want to do right now? It did its job. And now I'm putting all that stuff into practice and working on that type of stuff. So anything that I would have to experience would be like what I experienced between year four and year six. So during those two years of just kind of putting everything to practice, it was kind of redundant and whatnot. I did not 
I can't look at it and say, man, I grew leaps and bounds. I, I, I gained this. I did that, blah, blah. I was literally just in a holding pattern, practicing what I was learning, but waiting to be free so that I can put these things into practice. Because a lot of things required me to interact with my friends and family, to be able to work and to practice saving money and to build my credit, to do that type of stuff. Build discipline and, and incorporate that into your daily routine and life and everything. So just imagining what this guy's going through, the part that I need to check is how do I refer to prison? Being very, very clear, I do not refer to prison as being a very positive, awesome experience for anybody that gets a chance to experience it. And not all sentences are, are equal and, I'm, and experiences are equal. What I'm saying is that if you find yourself in that situation, when you think that there's nothing good that can come from it, something good can come from it. But it's not something that I cheer. It's not something I recommend. It's not something I hope for for other people as a way of getting their life right. And I also understand that there's only so much time that you can do to work and better yourself before you need to start putting it into practice. And there's only so much practice you can do while you're in prison. Because really what you're training for is you're training for the real world. You're training for life, for reality, and that's healthy. So when I refer to prison, don't think that I'm saying that it's something I celebrate. Don't think that I look at it and be like, oh man, I wouldn't be at all bothered if I had to go back and do another five years or 10 years or seven years or three years. Just the opposite. When I got out, even though I try to tell myself, hey, you're not going to be this way, you're not going to be this way. When I got out... I was, I didn't want to drive by myself. I didn't even want to be by myself because in my head, I was like, I want an alibi. No matter what, all the time, I want an alibi. It took me a few months to get past that. It took me a few months to even be willing to drive by myself or on my own or anything like that. The first time I passed a cop on the street while I was driving, I was like white knuckled and I didn't even realize it until I looked down. I was like gripping the steering wheel. And that just goes to show how precious my freedom is to me and how much I value it. And that prison jail is not something I ever want to experience ever again. I got something good from it, but it's not something I want to ever, ever experience again. So I just wanted to clarify that and be very crystal clear so we're not mistaking and we're not miscommunicating on that. I just educated myself. On that note, we'll wrap it up. This being my first episode, it's uh, it's kind of my special moment. My boy Blue. It means so much to be sharing it with you. I know it was a little rough, but the first ones usually are. I would put in content out weekly. Eventually, my goal is three a week, but that's something I got to work towards. For everybody that's tuning in and listening, whatever platform you're using, if you want to throw your support for the show, the three best ways are to subscribe, leave a review, especially if they're five-star, and to share with anyone you think would be interested. Those three things will help me build some organic traction, which is really the best kind. Any comments or tips you have, feel free to share them with me via email or Facebook link I will be leaving in the description. For all of your support and listening to this, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart forward to the next one. Please remember, stay sane, stay positive. Peace.